Thanks so much. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. How are you all doing? I think whoever organized uh, the Radio Days Africa conference was very strategic. It was in between World Cup round of 16 and quarterfinals, which is why we have so many uh, radio lovers uh, here at Fitz University. My name is Alan Khan. I'm the host of Walk the Talk on Lotus FM. I've been uh, in radio. I was just talking to a few people earlier on. I'm a chiropractic student by training. In 1990, I offered two guys who were carrying a big speaker a chance to help them. And not expecting them to say, yes, you can help us, Alan. They said yes. And I asked them, what are you doing here with these speakers? And they said, no, we're starting a campus radio station. Why don't you join us? And I said, no, I'm starting to be a chiropractor. And they said, just join us. It's a good chance to meet girls. I said, all right, you've got me now. And um, four months later, Capital Radio 604 hired me. On the 9th of June, 1990, I did my first show. And 28 years later, I'm still on radio. So my romance with this medium is very much alive. I'm now at uh, SABC, based in KwaZulu-Natal, working on Lotus FM, which is one of the national uh, radio stations. SABC, of course, as you know, is mixed between commercial and public broadcasters. The only owners of national licenses in the radio spectrum in the country. And Lotus FM is one of the niche market radio stations within the SABC public broadcast service, primarily targeting a particular group of South Africans. Now, Tim Zunkel asked me to not only talk about Lotus, but just give you an idea as to some of the challenges the radio station went through when the SABC decided to change its music policy um, a year and a half ago. So we'll talk a bit about that. And then also I want to just talk about how I'm using content to help grow the radio station's audience, despite a huge drop in audience following the change in music policy that the SABC had instituted 18 months ago. I'm also then, I normally also give a talk at radio seminars and workshops and conferences about uh, the internet not being an extinction level event for radio. And uh, I'll just share two or three slides with you in terms of some of the predictions I've made, um, which hopefully I think can help us uh, to realize that whilst we may be under threat as a traditional media, radio as a medium I think is certainly going to be around for a long while to come. So. Let me just start. I don't have a clicker, so please excuse me. Uh, as you can see on the screen, and I'm not a fan of death by PowerPoint, so let me just apologize uh, for the number of slides that I'm going to be showing you. But just to give you an understanding, I'm going to assume you have no idea as to what Lotus FM is. As I mentioned, the radio station, part of the SABC stable, it targets a particular group within the, uh, the Republic. The station was established in 1983, uh, and... It used to broadcast out, out of the Durban City Hall. It didn't even have official studios at the time. In an office space in the Durban City Hall. And the SABC then realized in 1985 that we really need to incorporate it into what we are doing. Obviously, for those of us who are old enough to remember back in the 80s, uh, the SABC was a different ball game altogether in terms of the state broadcaster and especially giving access to all South Africans to get involved. So 1985, they realized that there has to be a fully-fledged radio station catering for South Africans of Indian origin. And the SABC then took Lotus FM into its incorporation 
and the radio station up to today is broadcasting from the SABC head office in, uh, in Durban. It's a national footprint that the SABC is broadcasting uh, on uh, for Lotus FM, and it's the only national radio station that targets South Africans of uh, Indian origin. It's got a great range of uh, music. It's known for its presenters, and uh, it's also, apart from its landmark events that most, if not all, radio stations have, uh, credible news, sport, current affairs, and we could go on. However, the thing that I, I'd like to share with you is that Lotus FM, whilst most of the presenters will speak in English, a lot of the music comes in languages from the Indian subcontinent. So the language breakdown would be, uh, the songs would be in Hindi, Urdu, Gujarati, uh, Telugu. And when the SABC decided to change the music format, uh, it certainly harmed the radio station. I'll tell you why. This is the target audience that the station broadcasts in. So LSM between 7 to 10, fairly affluent uh, target market, both men and women, the primary market aged 35 to 50, so we're certainly not a, a youth station, and the secondary market slightly younger at 24 to 35. Uh, I'm sorry you may not be able to read it, but this once again just quantifies 91% of Lotus FM's listenership is in the 7 to 10 LSM. According to the research that they give us, the highest penetration of audience that bought jewelry of 700 rand or more in KwaZulu-Natal uh, listen to this radio stage. So they are spending, and I think they like gold from the sounds of it. Uh, broadcasts in English, highest percentage of English audience in the province of 94.6%, and 50% of the audience are 20,000 rand plus earners. Despite this really good story, the radio station is struggling in terms of its revenue targets because the audience numbers have dropped and failed over some of the strategic decisions the SABC has taken at Lotus FM. The audience uh, has changed over the decade, apart from the normal attrition of people either tuning into other things, people passing on, people losing interest. Lotus had, all of a sudden, almost overnight, the SABC said, you know the music you've been playing that's popular and your audience likes? We're now going to change it to follow the 90-10 music policy. Now, for most of the radio stations within the SABC umbrella, it would have been easy to incorporate a 90-10. Our sister station in Durban is Ukozi FM, in the studio right next to us, and they had less of a challenge embracing the 90-10 music policy. Lotus FM, a large amount of the music that the radio station plays is international music, primarily from the Indian subcontinent, primarily linked to the whole Bollywood movie scene, which is a huge source of music for the radio station. When the radio station was then forced to play 90% South African content, Lotus ended up playing Afrikaans, Isizulu, Troza, and other South African languages, which the audience had no interest in. All of a sudden, the move was so shocking and almost traumatic to the audience is that they did what we had expected them to do. Some had stayed, a large number had left, and it showed in the RAMs, and it showed in some of the focus groups that we had done, that even our loyal listeners, our P1 audience, said, that's it, we're not going to tolerate this. Uh, with due respect to Kurt Darren, they were not into Los Lapi. The SABC made us play those songs, and the radio station started struggling. And it didn't take two or three years 
It took literally two or three months. Advertisers started leaving us. Revenue dropped tremendously. And it had a huge impact on the on-air team because we were feeling it. I host a talk show and we were getting people calling in. I could have been talking on a topic on osteoarthritis on my Medical Monday show and someone calls in and will then start discussing what's going on with the music? Why is Lotus FM changing? People didn't get it. We could not try and sell it because we weren't too sure as to what was the basis of the strategic decision that was made to change the music policy. So, with all of those challenges, despite the whole aspect of the affluent market, when it came to Walk the Talk, I had it slightly easier than my colleagues who were doing music radio on the radio station, because I was still doing talk, and I'm outwardly biased towards South African content. So, Walk the Talk, when we won the Liberty Radio Award for Best News and Talk Show in 2017, one of the things that I was told is it's remarkable because we do not do current affairs and politics as topics on our show. And you may think, how do you do a talk show without reverting to current affairs, let alone politics? We also don't interview any government spokespersons. We don't interview police spokespersons. We try and avoid any PROs, publicists, or spokespersons. And it's ironic because part of my job at the Durban University of Technology is a spokesperson of the DUT. But a position that I took is that we will not have any PR specialists on the show. So we looked at some of the research. And the research was saying in terms of what worries and concerns our target audience, apart from the fact that the music was changing, was there, it came out to four key areas. Education, the audience placed a high value on education, themselves and their kids. Safety and security, which I think all of us as South Africans are concerned about. Health and well-being, once again, we're all concerned with that. And then we're all worried about the money in our pockets and wallets and purses, so finances. So I started molding the strategy around these four key areas and came up with a content plan that would still, hopefully, at that stage, attract the aspirational, intelligent audience that we believe would still stay with us, despite the fact that the station dropped about a third in its total audience share over a period of a year. The SABC then told us that these are all the different areas that your audience are in, into. So education and health, job creation, arts and culture, and it went down the list. And it then gave me a, a guide as to what I should be looking at in the hope that despite the change in music policy over the other 23 hours of the broadcast day, the one hour that I'm doing talk radio, and I'm not focusing on politics and current affairs, these are the areas that I should be focusing on. And then I realized, well, there's a thing called the battle of the attention economy. Those of us in the business will know. 25, 30, 40, 45 years ago, our minds were not competing on multiple media platforms. We had print, we may have had billboards, uh, radio, and television in its infancy. You fast forward now to 2018, and around the clock, we are being bombarded by messages. You don't even need to leave your home. It comes through on your phone. You get SMSs. We are constantly being told what to do, what to watch, purchase this, don't forget that. And I thought, well, let me capitalize on the battle of the attention economy. How do I do this? Seven o'clock at night is when my show is on Monday to Thursday. 
the majority of people, including my wife, friends, and, uh, and colleagues, are not listening to the radio at 7 o'clock in the evening. They're either glued onto television, they're getting ready to go out, they are spending time with their kids, they're having dinner, they're doing the stuff that you and I are doing at 7 p.m. Monday to Friday. So it's an age-old tactic, and not many, sadly, at Lotus FM, not many of my colleagues utilize it, but promos are really the way to go. It's a simple thing. Tell the audience what you're doing, when you're doing it, and tell them fairly often. So even though my show is one hour, four days a week, my voice and my content is on air every single day of the Lotus FM calendar, including Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. And we run our promos every hour on Lotus FM. So even if you're listening on a Saturday at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, and you hear what I'm going to do on a Tuesday night at 7, hopefully you'll make an appointment. So appointment-based listening. And it's something that I think, maybe it's some, I'm old school, but uh, for some reason I, I, I just don't hear radio stations promoting across the day part. Most of them are doing morning show, and I get it. You know, push the breakfast show on their specific reasons. Push your afternoon drive show. But if you want to increase audience numbers, if you want to grow popularity, and especially niche market shows, I think we should be investing more time, energy, and effort in terms of promoting these shows. So that's what I started doing. Promote the show, not just on air, but on our other platforms. Multimedia platforms, push it online, and try and get more people to talk about it. The reality is that our audiences have changed. And the reason being is that the world has changed. And we certainly need to change our outlook in terms of how we're going to be moving forward. I'm a father of two boys. They're now 19 and 17. Never once have they ever got into my motor car and said, Dad, turn on the radio. I want this channel. Switch this on. I used to do that when my dad eventually could afford a car and we had a radio. I would go in and say, Dad, switch on the radio, and we'd be fighting for the, you know, what, what radio station to listen to. Nowadays, our kids are getting in and fighting for whose phone can connect Bluetooth to the device so that they can stream the music that they want. So it's a huge change in human behavior that our kids are going to continue so this whole on-demand, we want it now, we want what we want, is going to impact what we're doing. So the and that's just one aspect how the world is changing. So I had to take cognizance of the fact that we are in this changing world. So the 90-10 the music policy hurt us. Main reason is that we had a poor supply of local music. South African musicians who are recording music in Indian vernacular language are not doing it at the level that would allow us to support 90% South African local music, which is why the radio station had to then start playing music from a language mix that the audience didn't understand. I don't think it's a case the audience didn't like the music. There's just no knowledge of the language that we were using. We also had increased competition. The radio stations who were competing for a similar audience realize uh, Lotus FM is weak at the stage. The local media, especially in Durban, newspapers, social media, people were on the attack in terms of what is Lotus FM doing, what is the SABC doing in changing the uh, music format at the radio station. 
This then had a result of revenues dropping, marketing budgets dropped, the station started doing less in the community, when the opposite should have been happening, when audiences are declining, we should be doing more. We're not growing the audience. Programming can't retain a, an audience that's not growing, in fact, when it's shedding. And in fact, the audience were very angry with their station. And your loyal P1 listeners were leaving us, those who had stayed with the station for over 30 years. High TSL ratings with the P1 audience at Lotus FM. They just dropped us almost overnight. So I decided to respond and not react. Some of my colleagues reacted, vented their frustration, and we are working for the SABC, it's our brand. And despite how you may feel personally, you are still on an SABC platform. Reacting to the SABC and to the people that made the strategic decision may not have been in the best interest, but I suppose even radio presenters are human beings as well, and they're going to shed what affects them in their daily lives. I decided to focus on the things that I can control. I can't control the music policy that Lotus FM's on, or I can't directly influence the strategic direction the SABC wants to go, but I can focus on the content that I'm doing. I can focus on the numbers of promos that I'm putting out. I can focus on the quality of guests that I have. I can focus on what I'm doing on social media. I can focus on relevant, responsible content. I'm not providing content that the market is not interested in. I'm providing content based on research that I know that they want. I'm also giving them what I thought was a unique selling proposition for my show. No politics and no current affairs. There are multiple other talk shows in the country that can offer that. I wanted to offer a different alternative. And five years down the road, you know, we certainly have had positive traction in terms of that. And then, you know, I think one of the key areas is that the appointment-based listening and use of promos has really helped, especially my show, uh, struggle through the dip. And now that the audience is starting to return, it's helping us grow uh, our audience numbers. This also forced us to, to, to embrace the digital world. Lotus FM, I think, was one of the last of the, the SABC radio stations to really get to grips with Facebook Live, podcasting, using IONO effectively, and all the other good things that the digital world has, has brought. And I think at some point there was, must have been a fear. Because I know even at my time at Jacaranda FM, or even at East Coast Radio, you know, there's the internet's coming, or we were afraid of the iPod at one stage, or CDs are going to take over in the car. There was always this kind of fear of what digitalization would bring. But my gut feeling is that the internet or digital world is not an extinction-level event for us. And there's a very good reason why I've come to that. The Buggles once said, video would kill the radio star. Remember that song? I think MTV started off their career with that. Well, I've got a response to video would kill the radio star. Radio's still here. VHS is dead. So they've lost out. However, in terms of the digital platform, radio has started to embrace that. And Lotus FM started looking at that quite seriously. And a lot of our presenters are now responding positively on social media platforms, digital platforms. The only challenge, and my personal view, where I disagree with the SABC, is that the SABC do not want its presenters to have its own individual Facebook fan pages. Everything must be directed to the radio station. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but those individual brands should also be given a space to exist. So whilst those fan pages exist, they can't be promoted on air, they can't be pushed. It's all about pushing everything through the station brand pages. 
So we are looking at Lotus FM in terms of the fact that the future of radio, which is what we are all dealing with, and that transition has already started, right? Things are being podcasted. Our discussion on radio is being tweeted. So there's multiple things we're doing. Our colleagues, you and I are doing this daily in our, in our work on air. So radio, I think, is audiovisual. We're not just audio anymore. There's a whole visual component. I was driving in this morning from the airport, and I heard Jacaranda FM make reference to a cash-in-transit heist this morning, I think, in, uh, in Pumalanga. And the pics are on the website. So they're driving website uh, views, making reference, and more on the story, more sound clips, eyewitness accounts. All of a sudden, a radio stations taking video, posting it on their website. Radio has become audiovisual and text. You know, it's going to be on multiple devices. This is just one of those devices that are in existence at the moment. Uh, of course, our mobile phones and laptops, and who knows what the next year, next decade is going to bring in terms of what we're going to be doing. So I think at Lotus FM and most radio stations have to understand that traditional radio will no longer dictate to our audiences. Uh, the business model has reversed. I've based my content strategy on what the audience is telling me. I'm not telling the audience, listen to this. We've got our ideas from our focus group and from our own research. And I think most radio stations are doing that. And if you can afford to, whether you're at a campus or community level, it's important to know who your target audience is and then super serve what they require. And, you know, this is what I'm focusing on. What they like, when they like it. And the, the part is that most of them want it now. whether you call it video on demand, radio on demand, music on demand, and that's going to be you know, the hard part because some of us still have to pay, pay the bills. There's advertising, salaries, and the other stuff. The business of radio needs to happen. So content on demand, music on demand, and if you don't give me what I want, then I'll go elsewhere to find it. And we found that at Lotus FM. They went elsewhere, and it's been really hard getting them back. Some have come back, but the third... Um, about 100,000 of the 300,000 core listeners that we had left us, and um, they haven't come back yet, that, that core market. So, you know, as I start wrapping up, I just wanted to share you know, what I think are some of the predictions that could happen. The old school radio stations must evolve, uh, and we're starting to do that, but at a slow pace at Lotus FM. The evolution, the change. Uh, I still believe, and in terms of the, sh the show I'm presenting, content is still king. You know, it's great that I'm on air, but if I leave tomorrow and someone else presenting, it's really about the content. Um, whilst we still have personalities and some radio stations have personality-driven shows, I don't think going forward it's really going to be about the personality. It's going to be about what are you offering, whether it's music, content, talk, or news. You know, your link to your community, the locality, is going to be essential. And I know we're behind the curve in terms of digital radio broadcasting in the country, and certainly in the continent, uh, other countries are ahead of us. But it's, it's going to happen. It's a matter of time. Uh, what we now call television and radio is probably going to merge. As I strongly feel, radio will be an audio-visual medium. It's already happening. Uh, the audiences will be the stars. Uh, we're not just going to be generating call-ins. Uh, we're looking at audience members to be a lot more than just competition winners, I think, going forward. And I'm sad to say that, in my humble opinion, radio DJs are history. 
Uh, it's now multimedia content providers. Whether you like it or not, you're going to have to be tweeting, Facebooking, Snapchatting, Instagramming. Uh, it's not just about the music and talking about uh, the musicians or the celebrities anymore. And you are now much more accessible. Your on-air team are much more accessible than ever before to your audience and to those who are critical of what you are doing. So, you know, I strongly believe in that being famous, stand up for something, and we've got to put our audiences first. And we're starting to do that by creating real, relevant, and responsible radio on air uh, and online. And that's been our response. Whether this is going to be successful, I, I can't tell you just yet. Um, but we're starting to see a, a change in the audience numbers for Lotus FM. And it, it was sad that a change in music policy that was implemented for under a year has caused us such damage at this radio station under the SABC label, where it hurt us in terms of ratings and hurt us in terms of revenue. But I'd like to think radio will not die like the dinosaurs, um, provided we get our act together and realize that there is a digital world. I think our grandchildren will still listen to radio. There was a, a movie many years ago called The Thing You Do, and it starred Liv Tyler. And there was a scene in the movie where this teenage band got their song, uh, which was also called The Thing You Do, and the, the band was called The Wonders. And they finally got their song played on the radio, and one of the band members is running down the main street of their little town, holding this transistor radio on their shoulder, playing it to everybody to say, we've, we've made it, our song's on the radio. You know, that may have been relevant in the 60s and 70s. Um, we can now make music on our laptops, PCs, uh, mobile devices, and play it to ourselves and share it with our friends. We don't need radio to do that anymore. So we need to find a new set of relevancy uh, in order for us to ensure that we can still attract an audience in the years ahead. But I think you know, we are lucky to be living at uh, this moment in time in terms of mass communication. So peace, love, and radio. Thank you very much. And as we say in KwaZulu-Natal, Ngiabonga Gakulu. I know um, I'm hoping you have one or two questions uh, for me. So uh, I'd like to say thanks for attending the session and uh, enjoy the rest of uh, the conference. It was a real pleasure uh, to be here and to be in your company. Thank you. Please come up. Thank you very much, sir. Can we go back to the, where you were talking about the kind of music that you're playing? And you said you're not getting artists from South Africa who are Indians, who are producing quality music. So I want to know exactly who are your consumers? Uh, do you also have coverage in India, perhaps? And do you have any strategy of developing the artists in South Africa that are Indians so that they may be able to, to supply you with the quality music that you're looking for? Uh, thank you for the question. Uh, we don't broadcast to India. However, the station does broadcast online. So I suppose if you are in India, you can log on. When the music policy was implemented, we did work with South African musicians and asked them to start recording in Indian languages. A lot of the younger musicians are recording in English. That's their platform. In fact, myself included, and I'm in my late 40s, I, I don't even understand the Indian languages. 
So I'm, I can't write music in those languages. And that's, that's the case with a large number of South Africans of Indian origin, especially those who are 50 and below. Can't speak the language, don't understand the language, and the musicians in that category are not, were not generating the music for us in the year that could cover us for 90%, which is why we had to start using other languages to make the number. So that was a huge challenge. We did work with IMPRA and we looked at uh, you know, SAMRO workshops and we had a lot of interest, but the reality is that the results made us look elsewhere in terms of Isizulu, Koza, and Afrikaans music to substitute the 90%. Stan? Thanks. <clears throat> There's an, uh, is this on? There's an interesting case study which kind of mirrors what you guys have been through when it, uh, they brought out a book, in fact, called The Other Guy Blinked. It was when Coke launched New Coke after blind taste tests told them that people actually preferred the taste of Pepsi. So they went out and tried to out Pepsi Pepsi by changing the formula and with a massive multi-million dollar campaign launched New Coke and the uh, consumers hated it. It was one of the greatest marketing disasters in modern history. So what they did is they killed New Coke and came out with classic Coke. And the, uh, the premise was, you've told us you hate this, so we're bringing you back what you love. Why didn't Lotus use a similar strategy after the disastrous 9010 policy of Claudi Mossoneng. Uh, did you go out and, because there were, there's such a strong um, basis for doing that. You told us what you hate, you told, we know what you like, and we're giving it to you. Was there any uh, campaign or any strategy to try and win back disaffected listeners? Thanks for the question, Stan. So there was a campaign, but the problem with that is that it was run purely on air. So we were only really telling those who were listening. And they may have, by word of mouth, told others. The radio station, and it's sad, but the radio station did not invest in going back to classic Lotus FM. So there's no marketing message put out there. Um, no online campaign to say, you know what? 9010's gone, we're now back to a 60-40. Totally reliant on on-air. So I think that's the, an area where we were deficient in terms of growing the market. We've since started doing things. We're back to doing events. We're back to running station competitions, on-air campaigns. But a period of time has elapsed. And there may be too much hurt and anger by those who left us to get them to come back. Also, the community stations who picked up the audiences who left us, are super serving those markets. So we can't, because we have to play music in a spread of different languages, have religious programming in a spread of different religions. They move to niche market stations that focus on one language and one religion, each one. Uh, so they're being super served now by those community stations, and that's making it even more difficult for us to get them back. Uh, coupled with the fact that the Lotus has had some lineup changes, and some of the big characters are no longer there. 
some of the popular presenters who are doing uh, the breakfast show two, three years ago, Neville Pillay, he left. Um, and all of a sudden, there's this negative connotation that the station's really is down on its knees. You know, the station's in ICU and they're preparing the grave uh, because audience is going, revenue is going, the music policy has been uh, compromised. Now they've lost their morning show presenter. You know, what's happening at Lotus FM? You don't see them out. So Durban have these landmark events that the radio station used to attend. Uh, the, the Royal Show in Peter Maritzburg, stations stopped being invited there. Uh, the Durban Diwali Festival, huge event, stations stopped being invited there. The Durban Easter Fiesta, Lotus FM was not invited there. So even those landmark events that the province and the city were hosting did not want to be associated with the brand. So it became a huge challenge. Thankfully, we've turned that corner. So we're back at at least the Durban Easter uh, Fiesta this year. Royal Show said, thanks, we'd like to have you back, but the community station who've replaced you are doing a fabulous job and we're going to continue using them. And it's actually cheaper for us to get them uh, and we think they're doing a better job than you were doing. So we've, we've also lost out there. So the decision to change the music policy has had a, probably the single biggest negative detrimental impact to Lotus FM in its 35-year history despite all the other challenges. And even though we've kind of swung back to where we were, I think we're now 70-30, we're not 60-40 in terms of the music policy. I just spoke to the music manager before I left. But the, 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 the audience growth stand has been really small. I think we were only up 16,000 listeners diary on diary, which as you know, you know is a, some would not, will call it stable. They won't even call it an increase. Could be. We don't know. Um, you know, that could be a reason. Also, w you know, where they're sampling as well. You know, the areas. Although Lotus is a national station in terms of its footprint, but the, 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 the target audience, the community who's going to be listening to this is predominantly in KwaZulu-Natal and then Gauteng. You know, to a lesser degree, the other provinces. Um, so, you know, the sample sample size in terms of what the, the research is going to be giving us in terms of numbers could be compromising us even further. Last round of applause, please, for Alan.